0: Good afternoon. I'm Claudia Champa, welcoming you to the January 19, 2017 edition of Real People of Orange County. Andrew Tonkovich, UCI lecturer and KPFK bibliocracy host, returns to KUCI's Airwaves to offer up his latest project, edited along with his wife, Lisa Alvarez, entitled Orange County, a Literary Field Guide. Joining Andrew today on Real People will be special collaborations project poet and UCI composition lecturer Lorraine Delaney-Ullman and writer-lecturer Grant Heyer. We all thought we alone knew the nuggets and the pitfalls of this place. Well, they've been known for like 100 years, and we'll read about it. Be right back after a short station break, okay? Okay. Welcome back. My guests today are writers extraordinaire Andrew Tonkovich, Loreen Delaney Oman, and Grant Heyer. Andrew Tonkovich, UCI lecturer and KPFK bibliography host, returns as I said to the airwaves and with this project, his latest that he had along with his wife Lisa Alvarez, Orange County: A Literary Field Guide, published by Heyday Publications. Andrew was raised in Lynwood in LA County, studied at Cal State Long Beach with and at UCI with the, some of the mem- members of this cast of many sixty-some in the book. At USC, where he teaches right now, he's published short stories, essays, and reviews in Ecotone, Fault Line, the Orange County. Calend- Orange Coast Review, the Los Angeles Review of Books, and the best American non-required reading. Besides wearing that hat, as a longtime editor of the Santa Monica Review, Andrew organizes employees at UCI. He currently resides with his co-editor and their brood of two in Majesca Canyon. My next guest is poet and UCI composition lecturer, Laureen Delaney-Oman, who received her Master's of Fine Arts in English from UCI, where she currently teaches composition. She was raised in Newport, and she's now a resident and in the intervening times lived it out in Costa Mesa. Lorene's book of prose poems, Camouflage for the Neighborhood, won the 2011 Sentence Award. Her recently published poetry and creative nonfiction appears in Santa Monica Review, TAB, the Journal of Poetry and Poetics, Prime Number, Sports Literate, Stymie, Lunch Ticket, AGNI, 74, boy, I wish I knew what all these were, and Wardscapes. Her poems have been included in anthologies such as Beyond Forgetting, poetry, and p- prose about Alzheimer's disease, and Alternatives to Surrender. She works in a collaboration with artist Jody Servan and, say, Unsaved, on an uh, ongoing photographic and poetic exploration of the human experience of life, death, and memory. As one, we'll have to do another show that on escalator We'll do that. So I'm just, I'm doing what uh, David Sedaris does when he does his live shows. He's he is writing. He's doing his editing with in front of live crowds that have to pay <laughs> lots of money. I've seen him. I'm I'm gonna do my uh, other shows today and edit them in front of everybody. It's ears. So, Bacteria is one of the founding committee members of the Casa Romantica Reading Series in San Clemente, California. She's organized and hosted monthly poetry and fiction readings. Our third and our final guest is writer and lecturer Grant Heyer. He graduated, graduated from Cal State Long Beach in, and, uh, in creative writing and then began writing his work, which eventually became a long poem, Untended Garden, which is incorporated in this literary guide or i'll be talking about his work won him the prize americana he was recipient of the nancy dew taylor prize for literary excellence in poetry and the kick prize several of his pieces have been nominated for pushcart prize his writing has been anthologized most recently in monster verse the barricades of heaven and la fiction anthology he's a musical artist visual artist former graphic designer and art director and art and a professor of english and chair of liberal arts an Art History at Laguna College of Art and Design. Good afternoon and welcome to the show, Andrew, Laureen, and Grant. Thank you, Claudia. That's Andrew. Yes. Thank you very much. Laureen. Pleasure to be here. And that's Grant. So first, I know everybody knows what I'm gonna ask. I don't even have to ask it. So I'm gonna ask this of the co-editor present in the studio, they all, they all join me in studio, by the way. So this literary field guide, what, Andrew, was the impetus for this book? What? Why did you wanna do this?
1: Well, I'm a transplant to Orange County, unlike my two friends who grew up here. And I admit to perhaps needing a little convincing about the place. But after a while, uh, Lisa Alvarez and I looked at our own home libraries and realized how many books we had that represented writing from and about Orange County and started thinking of ourselves Ah. as uh, sort of not just interested in but quickly becoming boosters and we made many friends and knew many colleagues who uh, wrote about the place and then we started looking at the historical record by way of literature emanating from the area and soon we realized we had what could be a thousand page book of excerpts meanwhile the good folks at heyday founded by the near legendary malcolm margolin they had published an anthology focused on the so-called Inland Empire. And that was about 10 years ago, a beautiful book called Inlandia. And so we thought, okay, which county should they do next? Fast forward and here we are today with what we believe is the first ever literary anthology of about 125, 30 years of writing from our county.
0: So, and you saw yourself with a thousand pages you could have put in together, and it was and it was a, an embarrassment of riches about Orange County.
1: Yeah, it's been a difficult process, instructive, and I think we've learned a lot. Probably made some mistakes. We did make some decisions about who, frankly, didn't need to be foc- uh, the focus of our attention, and those are people who uh, c- whose contributions are already practically their own shelf on the Not Stephen in the bookstore, King. right? And and frankly. It's uh, more of a literary focus. Right. So that, um, for instance, Kerry McWilliams, the great, great Southern California writer who wrote so much about this region and even especially Orange County, he frankly doesn't need to be in here because people can go get his excellent work about, for instance, the 1936 Citrus Wars. Likewise, Jim Sleeper, who is the acknowledged folkloric sort of master of telling a particular kind of pioneer story. He's got plenty of his own books. And for our modest uh, 300 and, well, I guess it's about 400 pages, Almost, yeah. um, we decided to make other decisions. And we it, we chose not to include a few of the bigger names, except where we thought we could tell a different version of the story. So indeed, Eel Doctoro, arguably one of the American century's Best novelist. We did purposefully include an excerpt from a novel that ends in Corona del Mar, which we thought was perfect politically and in so many other ways. Steve Martin, the multi talented entertainer, wrote a a whole memoir. We purposefully picked out the section on the magic shop at Disneyland where he worked. So there are some people whose names you will immediately recognize Oakley Hall, who who would you, was the a a of? co-founder of the MFA program here at UC Irvine. He definitely needed to be in there. And of course, he lived in Newport Beach for many, many years. And there's a excerpt from a novel in which that area is uh, considered. So uh, some tough choices, but we're quite pleased with the, the mix, as it were.
0: So I'm curious for those cuz not i don't know what percentage i go through the whole list of 60 some odd authors but of the ones that are still living so they are they're aware they're and you have to get a release from them correct
1: oh yeah the 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 process of putting together an anthology is a, frankly a lot less mo- a lot less fun than reading the book because <laughs> and, okay okay and, career students and, well it's it's all about figuring out who owns work and who's willing to um, let us use it, and that, that's the tedious part, and, and frankly, that's the work that, that Lisa and I spent those you know difficult hours doing together. We learned a lot, we made some mistakes, uh, but we uh, kind of taught ourselves. Lisa had in fact edited a previous anthology with the late Alan Choose, who people will know from National Public Radio, yeah. where she put together, he, Alan, and uh, Lisa put together the, uh, craft talks that were given at a writing conference that some of us are, uh, involved with. So she had some of that experience, but we did, we did learn a lot. And, uh, I'm pleased that we have so many people who we actually know and admire, and we can thank in person for their, uh, willingness to share their work, including, uh, Laureen Delaney Ullman and Grant Heyer, who I've known for years. And we've, uh, followed each other's writing and for me the biggest pleasure of this whole project has been able to appear at events like this on the radio do panels and so on and be able to acknowledge my fellow scribes people who we often see at other places like the campus or demonstrations or at uh conferences and then we go back to our lives as writers, and I don't know, I think it feels good to be esteemed and to be included, as it were, Yes. especially yes. in our little geographic tribe here.
0: Well, do you have any kind of stories to tell us, though, about when uh, the authors understood that they were going to be a part of this anthology? What maybe their reactions or something like that to that? Well, I, there's got to be some. Of
1: course, you can ask these two here, but needless to say, writers don't mind at all being mm-hmm. seen, read, and acknowledged. And, and the company
0: they're keeping that's what I'm really curious mm. about. Did, what did they think about the company? They're keeping on the anthology
1: well so far nobody's complained about being no, next, next to good. chem nun for instance <laughs> whose classic book about Huntington Beach is a Kind of a form that he invented called the surf surfer noir um, right or a McDonnell Harris or Some a writer who I came too late, but about who I cannot stop talking Jessamine West Who's, uh, who was a huge deal in American letters, and it's now, unfortunately, a little bit uh, forgotten. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, I'm sure Lorreen and Grant are quite happy to be next to contemporaries, but also some pretty solid citizens like M.F.K. Fisher. Okay,
0: the, the lead-off is M.F.K. Fisher. And I, I have to say, uh, I, I still want to read all of them. I haven't read all of them, but I, I found the most pleasure with reading her out loud. Oh, I'm glad. That was just extraordinary for me. So, all right, it's not. And I do want to congratulate you on this major, major feat. It's 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 a gift that gives on over and over and over again. So, what you're talking about the excellence in the writing is there? Is there any kind of message with this anthology that you're trying to convey? Some a feeling, a a, a message well, to the yeah, readers. Well, yeah,
1: a theme or a through line. Yes, And it uh, means that we made particular choices as editors. I think making those kind of choices suggests that necessarily there will be a kind of critique. I'm, of course, eager to see what people locate. But those decisions uh, were built not only on literary excellence, but on, for instance, telling a story that maybe hadn't been heard read before. So with the two people who are here in studio with me, I think who we'll be hearing from later, uh-huh. for instance, Lorreen's work is very uh, spare yet vivid, and it tells a kind of memoir in prose poetry of arguably a sort of critique of Orange County as a place that helped contribute to uh, the story of our place in the world as this kind of military dominant country. And it tells it from the slice of life of someone who grew up during the era. And it mentions that massive facility that people see on the 405 where the munitions are stored. So there is a kind of critique there. And frankly, we admired her bravery in telling that story. And Grant, who can talk more at length about his own project, both of them can although I'm pleased and proud to, um, <laughs> he did something arguably even more ambitious, which he looked at a, a, a history that is almost, it would seem purposefully ignored, and that's the connection to the native cultures here in Orange County in Southern California. In fact, uh, the scholar Benjamin Madley just wrote this amazing book explaining the, the genocide or near genocide policies, at least, uh, on the California Indian so-called. And um, perhaps in a, more, in a less dour way, but in a more esteeming and celebratory way, much of Grant's work tries to connect the current residents with the histories and culture of the indigenous people. So, I mean, those are pretty, I suppose, for some people, pretty provocative choices. On the other hand, reading and appreciating their work at sentence level, and in terms of the their art—that was the first criteria. Yes. So they're first and foremost excellent writers, and you know your introductions were terrific because uh, their re- their CVs are long. Yeah. They're, they're 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 people who are multi-talented and already much published and esteemed in the community.
0: So you talked about the let's say not like the the supply side. So the demand side, the receiving end. Do you what? Who's your intended readers?
1: Well, of course. Besides everybody, but, Thank you, you. Ha- but you have because
0: I'm thinking it's when when people are going to read sort of the nostalgic aspects of what's been written that some people are going to relate, but uh, maybe in a, a more current generation, a new younger generation might not get the they. It might be more quaint for them. So I, I'm just wondering if you're who you're aiming at. Well,
1: indeed, our prime audience is a regional one so it's our expectation that most people who buy this and read it for pleasure will be orange county folks whether they're newbies or whether they've been here a long time and they want to see in print a version of some story that they are vaguely familiar with or maybe they read a novel and they recognize the title and they go back and realize oh indeed this is Balboa island say and 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 i wasn't aware of that the the mfk fisher that you're that you mentioned is a good example of that I think because most people know her as one of America's premier writers about food right and she built that and philosophy she, philosophy uh, travel I mean she was a renaissance woman and we admire her but she's written a very clever slightly mean short story in fact the piece that's in here was her first ever is it? paid for oh. fiction oh. And it, oh, that's right,
0: for, the, for the, the travel.
1: For Westways, Westways. which was... AAA. Le- exactly. Yeah, Exactly, which, which, I mean, who knew, right? So you'd have to be a big fan of hers, which Lisa and I are, and you'd have to have kind of looked for that and done a little bit of research. But indeed, people will read that, and her very, very uh, fun, witty, slightly mean take on Laguna Beach... Yeah. It, it, it's very much like the Laguna Beach of today with the class divisions and the struggle for the eco- ecology.
0: Right, and I was thinking, you know, like shame on us, we think we know Orange County. That's what I was trying to allude to in the, in the introduction is that, that this, this has a re- been a recurrent theme about the sort of the bourgeois, the, uh, the art collision with the developers. And MFK Fisher picks up on all of that. So it's like part five, part six of that st- story. Or I used to say Chinatown. We're in Chinatown Part 5 now with the the water wars and things like that. Yeah,
1: there are recurring themes and waves of uh, artistic or political responses to mineral exploitation, development, our relationship to the natural world, our relationship to the previous inhabitants of, uh, of this region, to war and peace. I mean, Orange County has changed a lot. The predominance of right-wing politics, the Birch Society, the um, the Fran- commerce
0: of Disneyland, th- right for good That's and b- for good
1: middle. and bad. You know, uh, there's some very celebratory pieces about uh, Disneyland, and there's some also some funny ones, and some that sort of take it on in uh, a more political way.
0: Okay, for those of you who've just joined us, we are talking with Andrew Tonkovich about the new piece that he's recently co-edited with his wife, Lisa Alvarez. It's called Orange County, a Literary Field Guide, and joining him in studio with me are Loreen delay Newman and Grant Heyer, although we haven't heard from them yet. They are here waiting patiently to talk about their uh, when, well, so let's have you give us a, a, a flavor of, well, An- Andrew approached you, and so I'm sure you didn't have your attorneys out there. You were right on, in front of your published work. He he told you what he wanted to do. Was, it was clear to you what you would contribute, and what, what how did that step take place,
2: those steps? It wasn't entirely clear to me what he would um, take from the book, because he, t- he, he took from Camouflage for the Neighborhood, and he had the book because it's been out for a little bit and I actually didn't really know which pieces he was publishing until today when I looked is that at the that. truth oh my I gosh, knew there were, just broke that story here yeah I knew he had he'd published a few because he had asked some questions in terms of you know is this actually the what you're talking about in seal beach with the munitions and I was like yes um and a couple other questions about location right um so I knew those couple of pieces were in but I wasn't sure how many pieces and so I was really really excited when I was looking today and seeing how many pieces were taken from the book and it's just an, it's nice to see kind of like another reincarnation of your book in an anthology and that you know is going to be read by a different set of readers essentially uh, so it really gives you um, a great feeling from that perspective and, and then of course the, the company that I keep is just amazing I mean I couldn't even imagine being uh, published in such uh, uh, an anthology with such esteemed writers. It is it is
0: it is lovely. Grant well, yeah. how, d- how did this transaction take place for you?
3: Um, Andrew had read the book and reviewed the book uh, and... Untended ha- Garden. Untended Garden, that's right. Um, and uh, for the OC Weekly he reviewed it and then I was on his Bibliocracy radio show and uh, we talked about the book at length and did. I read some passages there, and I think Andrew said that the passage that he ultimately included in the book was his favorite part of the book.
0: Is that one you're going to share with us today?
3: I can share a bit okay. of it, yeah. Be okay.
0: Happy. I know I trimmed what I thought, cause I've, uh, but we'll we'll see how long. Sure. i give you the... the the swing there. So Andrew had uh, the editors had control of what went in. Then there was no dance with the the living authors. What they p- what you'd have included or not. Well, because it's a, not whole pieces. It's, it's
1: a relationship of some trust, and um, we're mostly friends, and and we are part of a larger Southern California community. So I don't uh, not notwithstanding their modesty, I'll just say mm-hmm. that um, anybody who was putting together an anthology about Orange County would have gone to these two writers because they if you watch the landscape they're people who've contributed to the art making in this uh, county so both of these books were chosen above other books for their uh, respective small press awards Mm -hmm. and these folks are not newcomers so I mean these two were no brainers to put it bluntly that, that, that they would find some place in a, a book of this kind there there might be some writers with whom people are less familiar uh, because among the Orange County literary crowd Lorene Delaney Ullman and Grant Heyer are people uh, whose uh, whose names are known um, Anchi Pham wrote a story about 15 years ago that takes place around the circumstances that you might recall of A video store owner hanging a picture of uh, Ho Chi Minh on his wall that that sort of came and went the story was remarkable and beautiful we chose it because we wanted to remind people of the the discourse around politics in the Vietnamese American community on the other hand almost maybe not forgotten but under under celebrated is the great poet Anne Stanford who celebrates her 100th birthday this year. And I think the whole county should be devoted to um, remembering the work of a really great poet. Laureen's nodding her head because all the poets know Anne Stanford and one that I'm especially uh, proud of. And I think uh, Claudia, you might know of her as well. Uh, The uh, uh, 90, I think she's 92 year old Mitsui Yamada, who's a scholar, activist and poet and whose story of surviving the internment of Japanese Americans? We, I mean, again, she had to be in here. Absolutely. So, w- I, I no doubt we've made some difficult choices. Some folks who also should be in here. Believe me, if we could make a second volume, I'd do it. But for the time being, we've we've tried our best to represent and include people who should be part of this story.
0: Well, I'm, I'm thinking of the really subversive places to stack this stock is a uh, you know the crystal cathedral on the way in. Mm. <laughs> okay, a, if you can uh, get us into uh, the I'm books it's,
1: it's I, no longer called the crystal cathedral. Uh, uh, right, it's the, the But the Father if you could Son get us the Catholic church. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kind of right. If you could get us into their bookstore <laughs> that would be great.
0: But I mean there's uh, everywhere they talk somebody's some press piece talked about putting this in your glove compartment, but it really it does really map in time and place all over like John Weiner takes us to the Nixon library. Marie Marie uh, Connors takes us to the the pool up the hill. and yes. it, and, and it's it's like
1: you recognize that University Hills. That's, That's right. right. Well, I know Marie. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Marie's been,
0: been doing some garden shows here, so it's, so it's it's a, there's a lot of uh, overlap here. So it really maps in time and place what is the essence of this. And so maybe let's let's intersperse this. We do move in and out of questions and uh, uh, read a piece. I don't know who who's ready to jump in and share. I'll jump in. I'll jump, I'll jump talk in. And and re- get, if you do want to set up um, a little bit sure, of introduction of to the piece.
2: Yes. Okay, so I'm reading the excerpt that's published from um, Camouflage for the Neighborhood, which is, a, as Andrew said, a book of prose poetry. Um, and essentially, it's about, you know, me growing up during the Cold War and um, my impressions of what's going on military-wise and how... Um, for me as I grew into adult everywhere I turned there was some sign of the military Um, especially growing up in Costa Mesa near El Toro helicopter base it's gone now it's now the district where we all shot
0: and Tustin and the Tustin yeah Um, I actually
2: as uh, a first grader we had a field trip to the air base. you know so you know, even as a, a young child, we were kind of being indoctrinated indoctrinated into this military side of California. And, and and I was always interested in how that pervades our culture as a whole. So the book kind of begins with that, with kind of the, the history of that in terms of, uh, you know, a child will look at a, a fork or a pencil as a weapon. And so the piece that I'm reading now is actually, the first piece is actually... Um, a third, I was in third grade and this happened, and then I, I'll move into the second piece, which is actually about the um, Seal Beach bunkers. Clocks stopped. Even in grayscale, the destruction wasn't lost. A child's lunchbox tied to ash and bone. What were we, seven or eight years old when Mrs. Risco exposed us to the photographs of Hiroshima? I had nightmares. My mother called the principal to complain. Alongside the freeway, rows of weed-covered bunkers, not fallout shelters, each mound a cache of munitions, weapons, warheads, bombs, stockpiling since World War II. The Naval Station shares its boundaries with an estuary, home to three endangered species, the California least Tern, Belding Savannah Sparrow, the light-footed Clapper Rail, their refuge along the Pacific Flyway, here, wetlands and weapons.
0: Wow. Thank you. That's really beautiful. Remarkable. Thank you. Stunning.
1: So I'll point out that one of the other criteria for these choices was the uh, consideration of place. And I think both of these writers in particular are real good at meditating on place, on elements of geography and topography. And as you heard in Laureen's short excerpt there, she's interested in the uh, animal and and plant life and the various features of the geography. And indeed the book is organized around six different regions, as it were, from uh, the coast up to the hills and the Santa Ana River in between. These sort of defining uh, geographic features And, yes, Lorene's writing is very precise and evocative by way of one can almost see those those, uh, Sil Beach Nuclear Weapons Station uh, mounds. They almost look like Indian burial grounds Mm -hmm. now that I think about it.
0: So uh, that was that place. Uh, Andrew, were you actively trying to make sure that geographically you covered the the county?
1: Well, it was a conceit of the book. We were trying to do that. That's why it's called a field guide. We could have, arguably, we could have given it a different kind of title. We wanted to have a popular appeal, a popular audience. Rope everybody in. Yeah, I mean, when when I go out into Orange County, it's typically with some kind of a a field guide, a map, some kind of way of uh, interpreting where I am, especially as still a relatively new uh, resident of uh, the county after twenty years, I I notice street names, and I I have to be reminded. Okay, well, wh- who was that Sagerstrom fellow, and what's the story of the Bean Fields?
0: O'Neill, and O'Neil and
1: uh, and, yeah. and who were the O'Neills mm-hmm. and why is it called course. Portola? Right. and uh, Huntington Beach. Uh, what is it, guys? Goat Hill, right? Uh, and uh, w- what was Seal Beach? Uh, uh, what was Anaheim Station? So a lot of that gets dealt with.
2: I was just thinking about there's so much in the names uh, in Orange County, and it's it's the Goat Hill Bars is in Costa Mesa, right. and it's been there for, I think, f- since the 60s, so it's like this interesting crossroads where, y- you know, you have all these name places, and then they stick around for a long time, and then others are just gone um, very briefly.
0: I'd like to think that this book is so, so subversive that it takes screen time, it it vies successfully against screen time for the screen time addicted.
1: Well, for a lot of us writers, that's a, a general hope, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. reading is fun, people.
0: <laughs> yes, and and the flavors you, you alternate with the a kind of a golly gosh wit, and then with the kind of like a zap, a zap of a like a really terse spare poem, sort of how they it'll build and build and then you just you're squashed. The are th- squashed like a bug at the end. I
1: think that's true. There, There is a kind of a range of emotion here. For instance, there's a beautiful piece by the writer Raul Alvarez about the uh, I'll just say it, murder of a homeless man named Kelly Thomas uh, at the Fullerton train station. It's beautiful. It's kind of a, almost a letter to his mother about imagining his own uh, demise in those kind of circumstances so it's it's pretty sad and and beautiful and elegant and then there's again some very funny writing some very mean writing some very witty and clever writing I mean the Steve Martin is really really poignant and fun and that it ends And smart it's sort of smart too I mean he's a very smart writer and very and really good so yeah and um There's celebration and there's reminiscence. Uh, You know, all the human emotions because there's a lot of terrific humans in Orange County.
0: Yeah. Well, Grant. Yes. You can either react to this or you can pull up what you would like to read, too, from that garden of yours. Well, one of the
3: things that I thought as you were talking about place names and the readership of this is that no matter how much you read or for how long you've lived in Orange County, you still don't know all of the history. Oh, no kidding. And it's so wonderful to have a volume like this where someone has done the reading and the editing for you, and you discover new things about your own beloved homeland that you didn't know. That was really one of the—it relates to the theme of of my piece in the book. Um, I live in the house that my parents bought as newlyweds, uh, it had s- it, a Cinderella track home, it was called, because Disneyland was built the year before. And I grew up in that yard, digging in the dirt and wondering, w- what am I going to find here? What's, who? Are there bones under here? Who's My grandparents lived in the desert, and there were arrowheads I found. And so I started imagining what came before when I was a little boy. And then as an adult, when I moved back in, I, I decided to explore it in full and, and, and um, tried to write a long poem about it. And it, it's it,
0: a 20-year project, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Okay.
3: Um, and it's a book-length poem. And we're talking about place names. Hatukna is the name of Anaheim, the West Anaheim where I live. And before that, it, it was Campo Aleman, uh, the German field. And before that, it was Magnolia Tree. And there's, you can see the street names echoed in the, in the West Gate of the city. It was West Gate, Magnolia Tree, Lincoln Park, uh, Manchester. So the street names have, have taken on what this, that section of the city used to be called. So uncovering this history, doing the research, was, was part of the pleasure of writing this book. Mm. Um, and so I, I researched back to the Millingstone Horizon culture um, some 8,500 years ago, uh, to the native Tongva Indians that came after that about 3,500 years ago. And um, my wife, my m- lovely Laura, I must... Put that shout out to her. Of is uh, is a member of the Tongva tribe? Has the blood enough to be a member? And so there are no fewer than seventy Tongva Indian words in this um, in this book that make appearances throughout. Um, so the history. So knowing Orange County, um, not just geographically on a flat map, north, south, east, west, but also back in time. Um, it's a full volume. It's a beautiful volume. I'm honored. To humbled to be a part.
0: Very good. Do this you have something, Grant? You'd I do. Like this is while you're speaking a brief this. section. This is Please. this takes
3: place when um, the narrator of the book um, goes out in the middle of the night and enters a storm drain, <laughs> uh, wondering where it goes, and oh, it turns wow. out to be a channel that, um, that was walked by the native uh, Indians, and it makes reference to a council tree, which is a beautiful tree that is in downtown L.A. Uh, if you remember where the old Brew 102 Brewery is um, near the L.A. jail. There was a, a huge tree there, a sycamore tree, that was the, the spot visible for miles around in which the um, native uh, inhabitants used throughout their tradition. When I was 13, I chained my bedroom door from the inside, left a note on my pillow <laughs> that I was out for a walk, slipped the screen from the casement window, and climbed quietly out of my family's new home into the still August night. I trotted down the hill, walked through the track streets named for places far away that I had never seen, and wandered down to the concrete ravine, three miles away, to seek the course of the river approaching from the other side, where coyote howl once curved the night like the waters themselves. I followed its flat bed between concrete banks, rising on either side like wings, to the place where the walls steepened and narrowed, and a feeder conduit, five feet across, pierced Through the sloping wall The source behind its black circle opening Unknown I lowered my head as if in respect And stepped inside the concrete pipe's Dark circumference Each breath and step echoed with water trickles The darkness dank and thick No room to stand I remained bent forward As if if falling into each new step Leaning into the future With no expectation other than To risk and step out And see where it led me a rite of passage i can see now a test to prove myself unknowingly following a young woman's footprints once made in deep mud following creek beds carrying her child to the council tree our footfalls lacing now Mm. odd dance partners in perfect step but for centuries between but for the portland cement binding sand aggregate and granite into this fallopian
1: drain pipe cocoon
2: Whoa.
1: Nice passage, huh? No. <laughs> that's. Uh, oh, my God. That's one of my favorites because, you know, I think uh, I have a 13 year old uh, adventure boy still inside of me. Yeah. And so the significant research and responsibility, you should forgive the phrase, truth, and the historical verities here by both of the authors that you're hosting, Claudia, is quite significant because although they both rely on memory or constructions of memory and dream. Both Lorene and Grant did significant research to make sure that they got things right. And I think we all taught argument and research here at UC
3: Irvine. Oh, well, okay. Uh, so it would be fitting that we did that. I and
0: would mining, mining the, the metaphors carefully yeah. to put what you've researched Absolutely. down for, the, for us to read. Absolutely. Oh. I'll uh, um, give everybody a moment to think about that fallopian tube there so I want you to consider now and come back to this while you're all sort of masturbating while you're hearing the others responding to this but I'd like to know because all of you are teaching the writers of tomorrow today and I'd like to know what you think their anthology would look like. Could they write something like what we're reading here or is that th- are these chapters that could never be reprised, but there's a whole new style, a whole new take on Orange County. What, what do you think your students would put together in an anthology?
1: Oh, well, I, I think we all look forward to it, and I don't know about an anthology, but I'm sure there are plenty of writers, uh, many young writers coming up, telling new experiences about the county. Again, the county has changed dramatically, as my editor at the OC Weekly, Gustavo Ariano, likes to brag over and over again. It's changed politically it's uh, changed in terms of its culture and its place in the world. It's become an almost internationally identified focus of business, uh, commerce, art, theater. Orange County is recreation. not a... Recreation. Recreation. No. It's not a provincial backwater. It's not uh, an escape or a place of only white flight as it was in the 1970s. We've seen dramatic and important initiatives come out of a place that, again, used to be associated as, uh, you know, as Ronald Reagan once said, uh, the place where all good Republicans go to die. It's, it's in many ways, it's really changing. And I think we're pretty confident that our young students today, those who pursue writing, I mean, mostly we'd like them to read a lot about the, the, the art and the history First, and then, but sure, there's lots of, and there are younger writers in the, in the collection who came out of. Who's the youngest in here? Oh, okay. uh, that, you're putting me on the spot okay, there. Okay, somebody but else can. Well, uh, no, so I'm, but I'm guessing.
0: Is Ariano one of them? Is Gustavo maybe one of the younger of them all? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe. The ones I can see. But
1: you know, he's a he's a pretty accomplished writer on his own with I think three books. Uh, Kristen Lee Schwartz came out of the UC Irvine MFA program, and she has a terrific short story about downtown Santa Ana called "The Emperor of Umbrellas." A young poet named Emmy Perez has a a poem about Halliday Street, which is uh, right off the 55 and is an old established Mexican American. Neighborhood, I think Claudia, you know that area because it's where the Deli Center is, where we've, oh, right, where, where we've, we've gathered for all many many community uh, events. Right. Indeed, right, okay. So we've got younger writers like uh, Patty Saburn, uh established poets who are in the, the the best place of their careers right now, and then of course we've got these amazing kind of foundational writers like Theodore Payne who became one of the key experts on the um, natural flora of Orange County and sort of invented the whole idea of California native plants. And he was Madame Majeska's gardener, of all things. Oh, is that right? Madame Majeska's uh, caretaker of her gardens. And so he's in the Canyon, Santa Ana Mountains and Canyon section, right next to another terrific writer named Joanne Mapson who writes a little bit about kind of the equestrian experience and the backcountry experience, but f- with a very feminist perspective.
3: Well, so I was going to say that the M- Majesca thank you, the Majeska Canyon reference Andrew just did relates to Lisa's piece, or at least Lisa's um, residence um, in Majeska Canyon. She also has a poem in the piece. In the camouflage. In the
0: camouflage. Okay. Yeah. All right. For those of you who've just joined us. I'm Claudia Shambaugh, filling in this week for Kimberly Martin. This is Real People of Orange County on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And fresh off the press is this wonderful book, Orange County, a Literary Field Guide and... I have with me the co-editor, Andrew Tonkovich. He's a lecturer at UC Irvine, Department of English, and an uh, organizer and Santa Monica Review Editor and host of P- Bibliocracy at KPFK, Grant Heyer, professor of English creative writing at Laguna College of Art, and Lorreen delaney Ullman, lecturer of composition at UCI and a widely published poet. And we're talking now about what the, uh, what your current, the current cohort, or your, your students Handing the torch to them to write work
2: that would end up in an anthology of theirs and their iteration. Well, I'm I'm always interested in reading my students' writing because it is it's so diverse, and the the many voices that they have and the many experiences that they have. Um, many of them being you know first generation students or first time um, college students in terms of their families. Um, they actually have, they have a lot to write about. Um, even though they're young and so currently I'm actually teaching a home and family theme and so that really brings up a lot of contention and anxiety and which feeds their writing of course Um, and I think that they could you know create an anthology of um, you know freshman voices basically because I do teach composition so it's primarily freshmen they're you know somewhat inexperienced and but there's always some joy in that inexperience and and you can really see growth over the, the ten week time that they um, have the course with me and and that's always been such a pleasure.
0: Well, attributable to a, a wonderful pedagogical flair I d- you no doubt have and that they're they're starting to get experience.
1: In fact, there's uh, a there's in fact an, an annual uh, an award that goes to uh, younger writers from the. From the spread of classes that we all teach, right, right, and it's a quite a, it's quite, uh, it it features the very best of undergraduate writing, whether it's uh, research or in other uh, directions, other areas. In point of fact, uh, Claudia, the book comes out on February first. Okay, of course you're welcome to pre-order it at your favorite independent bookstore or online. But so it's it's still a couple of weeks away, but we're very much looking forward to that
0: actually i have a um, it's not just churches i want to see every hospital lobby <laughs> I wanna, I'm, that's I'm, a great I, idea it's very yeah. g- i mean lots of <laughs> centers that we can think of here so i want to give you ample opportunity to talk about where people can meet you and have you sign their books where they can Hear you talk about your book, and if any of these authors, other authors, might be joining you at some of those gigs.
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. And Grant has helped us. Uh, Grant Hire has helped us. Lisa and I have put together a calendar. The complete calendar will be up, probably already is up on Facebook, and at ocfieldguide.com. That's ocfieldguide.com. Okay. Uh, the first opportunity for a um, an introduction to some of the writers will be at the meeting of a terrific organization called Women for Orange County, and that's on February 22nd where I'll be hosting Linda Thomas, Marie Connors, who you mentioned earlier, and indeed the uh, estimable uh, Mitsui Imada. And I hope that the three of them will read. And again, we'll do something similar to what we're doing on your show, Claudia, which is talking, but this time from a perspective, obviously, of women who also happen to be educators and frankly, whose politics I admire, and who've done some remarkable things uh, here. I Pretty much all three have spent most of their lives in Orange County. Then Grant.
0: Well, Marie's got, uh, Marie's got a, a large part in Tennessee. And right, we she, know storytellers out of the Southeast is a given.
1: Right, she came, she came here and uh, studied and stayed. Right. Um, then uh, I'll let Grant talk about two events, one at Museo and one at his institution. That's right. Um, The museo in downtown Anaheim, uh,
3: there will be a group reading of six authors that are in the anthology. Uh, That is on February 23rd uh, at 6.30 p.m. Uh, And Andrew will be there. Uh, I will be there. Lorene will be there. The three of us will be. And three other readers. Uh, And then the following... um, evening on Friday the 24th of February at six thirty, at Laguna College of Art and Design where I teach um, we'll have a reading in our library at 2222 Laguna Canyon Road Laguna Beach
0: I'm wondering if you're thinking of one of those first Saturdays when the galleries are open anyone, well I'm glad first Thursday I'm,
1: I'm glad you mentioned galleries uh, because indeed one of the events that I'm proud of comes a little bit later on in March on uh, March 19th on a Sunday at a gallery and that's uh, the uh, terrific BC Space Gallery run by Mark Chamberlain he's been on kind of a legend
0: yeah he is
1: and um, that's a that's a fun one especially for me because it'll be the artwork of a contributor to this volume a multi-talented fellow who passed away now about 30 years ago, but he was a real force. His name was Peter Carr, and he was a poet and a writer and an activist and a painter. So that's an event where we'll feature his art, and then we'll have uh, readers uh, in the gallery space. The hard launch, so-called, of the book uh, meant to celebrate and acknowledge our relationship to UC Irvine, and the support from the Dean of Humanities is on um, Friday, March 10th from 4 to 6 p.m., free and open to the public. And that's our chance to thank UC Irvine for helping us with the project financially and otherwise. And that will feature uh, folks from Heyday, including their new director, Steve Wasserman, who's kind of a legend in uh, publishing and editing himself and there'll be refreshments and readers, including the two people uh, featured here today. And then I'm also quite pleased, Claudia, you might be aware of this uh, terrific get-together called Literary Orange, and that's kind of Orange County's uh, premier event for readers and writers and editors and publishers and people who are uh, brought from all over the country to um, participate in a one-day conference with a keynote, and I'm very pleased that we'll be on a panel there. And when's that, Einder? That is uh, April 1st at the Newport Beach uh, Marriott, and we'll be uh, reprising a panel that we did some months back featuring Gustavo Ariano and uh, Tom Zellner and the novelist and short story writer Victoria Patterson from Corona Del Mar, California, and Stephanie Brown, who's a friend of all of ours and is a, a librarian, a, a much esteemed poet, and myself. And that's, of course, a bigger commitment and people should go on to the Literary Orange website because it's a an event that requires a whole day and that you can learn about the cost and the Times and when various people will appear there, so that's a big kind of a festival event.
0: How about the Newport Beach Library Foundation? Are they on your radar?
1: Well, you know they're on my radar, Claudia. You keep offering these terrific possibilities, so I'd like to hire you as my publicist. Would that be okay? So <laughs> if be if, fine. You, if you'd be like fine. to go around and get us all I've these places, I've got you some lists, but we'll, we'll but but we'll notwithstanding, we'll
0: put the Facebook up on this right, show's podcast, and you'll find somewhere.
1: at least at least at this point at least 25 events, including. Panels, wow. libraries, book clubs. So, Lisa Alvarez, my co-editor, and I are going to be quite busy, and we're calling, as you can see, all of our friends and contributors to to stand there with us and uh, talk about the book and to read their terrific uh, contributions to it.
0: Well, this has been a lovely come together, and it's a colossal good read. And I've only I've only cracked it open. I I, I don't want to be presumptuous and act like I've Gone through all this because I've got so many treasures yet to unlock in here. So I thank you for coming to Real People of Orange County. Thank Andrew, you. Andrew, Laureen, thank and you. Grant. Thank you very much. Here we go. I've got it.
1: That's me on the drums.
0: No, no, here we go.
1: <laughs> That's Grant on the guitar.
0: This is a small world. Okay. <laughs> so then. Oh. My guests were Andrew Tonkovich, Grant Heyer, professor of English, creative writing at the Laguna College of Art, and Laureen Delaney-Ulman, lecturer in Composition at UCI widely published poet. All part of a remarkable achievement, the recent publication, Orange County, a literary field guide. I've just got a couple of things to bring up here. There's a few get-togethers around the country this Saturday. The nearest to this radio station being yes. Santa Ana at Fourth and French. I'll be making a few hundred thousand new friends in Los Angeles on that day. Also, I received the following from the White House press pool. A travel photo lid has been called at 410 Eastern time. At Desiree Barnes, the former press wrangler and the current assistant to Josh Earnest announced the lid from the original wrangling team over the White House intercom system. And with that, Barack Obama's final full day as president came to an unofficial close. As well as the, the upcoming, the sister program, uh, I just want to point out, bring to your attention, folks, sister radio, public radios regarding the Trump administration's proposed privatizing of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Folks, a great deal is on the line. We're going into challenging times. The Pro-Am Activist Classic is on. <laughs> Kimberly will be back next week to assume the helm for the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>